0: in Matthew, Mark and Luke and they all put a little bit of diff- slightly different emphasis on it and I suppose it's that emphasis that I, I want to look at this morning and kind of throw in a, a few other questions really um, if I give you the references um, I'm, I'm going to kind of dive about so you know get your thumbs licked to... Um, find the, the pages, but the three references are Matthew 13, verse 23, and that says, but the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. The second one is Mark chapter 4, verse 20, And the same verse says, Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. And then the third reference for the other one is Luke chapter 18, verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Now, I wanna start off by saying that we all know that the word of God is powerful. And there's this fantastic reference in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now, I put that in there because most of those three parables of the sower talk about the seed being the word. And I suppose the gist. If I was going to summarise, what summer up <laughs> summarise, sum up, pick your choice. If I was going to summarise what I'm going to say, I, I'm really talking about that word actually getting into the soil. Um, where I first started with the parable of the sower was in my gardening activities. Now, yes, Um, my garden is solid clay. I wish it wasn't, but it is, and there's nothing I can do about it. And every we've been in the house about four years now, and every year I'm down in the vegetable plot, kind of trying to get myself into um, being a proper vegetable gardener. And uh, Brenda Smedley, who used to be here, if you've seen her husband's vegetable plot. I was a little green, I have to say. All neatly laid out, fruit, vegetables kind of bursting at the seams, this lovely dug over soil. And I look at my vegetable plot and I think, oh Lord, the clay. Um, And we've had various attempts to grow things. Last year, complete disaster with the carrots and the leeks and the parsnips. Because basically the ground is so packed together that although these tender little baby carrots and tender little parsnips that I had brought on in the greenhouse, I put them in the ground and they could only grow about two inches. Because the ground was too hard. And even though I dug it over and put stuff in it, it was still too hard. And so these carrots started going out in all different directions. So when we dug them up, you know, they looked like something at the Day of the Triffids. You know, two inches of proper carrot and about five inches of kind of roots going everywhere. And, the, and it's the same with the parsnips and stuff like that. Um, the only success, the only real successes I've had in the garden are where the vegetables are growing up they're not going down um, so, but, so you know I've had every now and then when I'm out there looking at the soil it's, made, it's got me thinking about the parable of the sower so the good soil if you want your seed to grow it's got to be in the good soil because if it's in the clay and stuff it just can't grow, it can't expand it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. stunted so I'm being fairly quite, quite logical about it, but you know, if we're going to get the Word of God to be in that good soil, we've actually got to be able to get the Word of God into us. It's no good if it's not in us, because it can't um, reproduce. It can't bear fruit. And I'm very much of the view that if the Word of God... If we receive the Word of God, then the Word of God can look after itself. It's fairly robust. It's got the Holy Spirit working through it. It's got the Almighty God who's kind of declared the Word in the first place. If we can get it in, and if it's in that good soil, then it's going to produce a harvest. So, to go back to the Word of God being powerful... You know, doing all this makes me think of a kind of a fencing, you know, that double edged sword and getting in between the joints and the marrow. If the word's going to do that, then actually we've got to be able to hear the word. If I do hear, I always think it looks so funny. Hear the word. Don't, any of you who are at work who come across people speaking about things and they use words and they do that, and you think it looks funny, but you know, it's the best way of saying it really. We've got to hear the word. But our ability to hear the word is not this issue. It's kind of this issue. It's our, it's our mind and our heart. It's not about us physically being able to hear the words. And I just wanted you to turn to 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14. Now I'm sure I've mentioned this before but when I first got uh, relatively early on in my Christian life I thought I was spiritually thick I really thought that I was kind of you know if we were in the kind of GCSEs and a levels and degrees and things I wasn't even at GCSE level you know I was just I I couldn't make any kind of headway and I I didn't feel I'd got any um, kind of spiritual understanding and this is where um, the spirit is so important Um, because I suppose what I found was that I wasn't spiritually thick, no more than the next person. Um, But it was limited by my response. My understanding was limited by my response to the the Holy Spirit. And um, uh, my upbringing was a humanist background. So no spiritual, you know, good or bad anywhere, just a humanist upbringing. So... um, So, actually, when I became a Christian, to try and grow in my understanding about the Holy Spirit that I couldn't see was a bit tricky, I have to say. And God has intervened over the years at a number of times to help me in that. Um, Repenting, healing, you know, um, spiritual things taking place in me. That's all kind of enabled me to be able to respond to the Spirit. So in 1 Corinthians 2, it says that the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgment about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. Then it says, who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? but we have the mind of Christ. What an amazing statement. You know, we have the mind of Christ. And I put this in here because I suppose I wanted to lay a um, different picture, but I wanted to kind of just lay a foundation, really, to say that because we are born again, we are now spiritual beings. Therefore, we can understand the things of the Spirit. They're not... um, unattainable to us. We have the Holy Spirit working in us, therefore we can understand the things of the Spirit. So I just wanted to put that at the outset before anybody kind of disqualifies themselves, like I was, and saying, well I'm kind of, you know, spiritually I'm a bit thick and I don't really understand these things, or I can't understand these things. That's not true. You are born again, you are spiritual beings, therefore you can have spiritual understanding. So back to the parable of the sower, I suppose the emphasis that I wanted to talk, I wanted to look at the difference. We've got hear the word and understand it, hear the word and accept it, hear the word and retain it. And I just wanted to look a little bit at at, at those. And uh, I went to this marvelous thing that we've got on the computer that has Greek words. So I could stand up here and say, oh yes. <laughs> I've done the Greek comparisons. <laughs> it's all on the computer. <laughs> um, and what I'm just going to give you some references um, where I suppose what I've done is I've looked at where they've used the word and then I've looked to see where else they used the word to see if it helps us understand the meaning actually in, in the parable of the sower. Now, hear the word actually is incredibly straightforward. It means to pay attention, to hear it, to understand and obey. It's all That meaning is all in there. And I was thinking to myself, how often those of us that are parents have spoken to maybe our children and said, are you listening? And they say, yes. And you know jolly well... <laughs> that the ear may be switched on, but nothing else is. Okay, so we've got to get beyond that. Um, And I also thought about my maths. I don't know what what you're like at maths, but I always struggled. I'm one of those, I think it's the right side of the brain, the RT, the English, that side. The maths, the science, all kind of... And when I was... um, in what would be, let me think, equivalent of year 10, fourth year, he used to have this fantastic maths teacher and we'd be going through the work and when he was standing next to my table talking about the maths, I could see it all. But as he moved away from the table, this cloud rolled in and I thought, I do not know what he's on about. So we're not talking about that, okay? We're talking about proper understanding where not only have we listened to it, but we have understood it. We know what we need to do or you know, we know what that thing means. Um, the reference to kind of understand if in, Matthew, in the Matthew version of the Sireh hears the word and understands it. A couple of other references I've got are Matthew 13, verse 51, where Jesus says, Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked? Yes, they replied. Uh, Matthew 17, verse 13, Then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. And then there's a Luke reference, Luke 24, um, linked actually to the kind of Emmaus story, uh, he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. So that's the kind of um, version of understanding, if you like. It's in this Matthew version of the parable of the Sower. It's minds opened so they could understand the word. Um, Now in Mark, where it talks about hear the word and accept it, The only accept reference that I've got, which is a similar way the word is used, is Hebrews 12 verse 6, which is because the Lord disciplines those he loves and punishes everyone, he accepts as a son. So in Mark, the parable about accepting the word is the same as... um, God accepting us as a son, which is quite a strong acceptance, isn't it? It's not just, you know, if I was to, I give this to Tuts and she accepts it. It's not kind of that kind of acceptance. It's a really a strong, maybe if we talk about the word that God brought to us this morning, it's kind of almost like a joining. Um, it's a strong sense of acceptance. And then in Luke um, where it's the hear the word and retain it. I've got some lovely references for the word retain. Um, Hebrews 10, verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews 3, verse 14, we've come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end, the confidence we had at first. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 2, I praise you for remembering me and everything and holding to the teachings and sorry, and for holding to the teachings just as I pass them on to you. And then Luke four, verse forty two, at daybreak Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. So that's the kind of word of retaining. You know, it's holding unswervingly or holding firmly, um, and that kind of keeping from leaving. So, just to kind of um, take us back. So, they're quite, they're not, um, how can I put it? Each one, each one of those parables is emphasizing a, a different part of our understanding of the word. And in a way, also, maybe a different part of the process. Because I was thinking that um, part of understanding it is also accepting it. And maybe until you've got through the accepting and the understanding, maybe you can't retain it. Because if you don't understand something, how can you keep it? How can you hold firmly to it? If you don't accept it, how can? How can you retain it? Um, so although you kind of look at it and think, well, why have we got three the same parable but kind of with different emphasis, there's almost a, a logical flow there. Um, and so important for us to have that at work in our lives. Now, I just want to talk a little about getting the word into our hearts and minds. Because I suppose in essence I'm saying, get it in and it will grow and it will reproduce. But it's getting it in that's the challenge. Um, so the first point I wanted to say is train the mind. Okay? Now those of you, uh, Jack's got, um, it's a DS. It's got this brain training game. And of course everybody's into promoting brain training you know, to kind of fight off old age. I think that's the idea that, you know, if you keep your brain intact for as long as possible, then it's, it's a good thing. Um, and it, it's, it's great fun. And I wonder actually whether sometimes we actually get a bit sloppy about, or slack, about training ourselves. You know, we've, a lot of us have been Christians for a while. You know, we know about the Bible and stuff like that. Maybe we get a bit slack Oh, actually, we need to kind of make sure that we, we train ourselves, um, train our mind. Now, there are two elements that I wanted to kind of, if you like, two positive elements I wanted to encourage you in terms of training your mind. The first one is Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So, first point is, train the mind by thinking about the good stuff, okay? And the, what not to train your minds is thinking about the rubbish stuff, and you know, rubbish stuff on telly, rubbish on the radio, rubbish that other people say, rubbish that we say about ourselves. If, we, if we're giving our mind to those kind of things, then actually we're not training our mind for the good stuff. And actually we don't want the rubbish, do we? Because it doesn't really do us any good. So first of all, train your mind and think on the good stuff. The second thing is also Philippians, and it's, verse, it's chapter 4, verse 7. Peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we need to train our minds to think on the good things of God, and the peace of God that is at work in us as part of what the Holy Spirit does in us will help guard our hearts and minds um, and I know, I mean, I was thinking, I looked at that reference that Tim read out to us about the armour of God, and I was thinking about the helmet of salvation. Um, and salvation just com- puts us into a different league, doesn't it? We've, we've moved, and I, I've spoken before about we've, we've completely moved into a different kingdom. We need to make sure that our brains are saved. You know, our, I don't mean separate as part of salvation, but we need to make sure that this thing is in tune with what God is doing. So the second point is, ask the Holy Spirit to help. John 16, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. That's about having the mind of Christ, isn't it? Holy Spirit is taking what is in Christ and making it known to us. Um, And the second one, second reference, is Romans 8, one of my all time favourite chapters in the New Testament, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know how to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. So, you know, if we're getting our brain into gear, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us um, in all that aspect. There's nothing outside of our... Um, There's nothing in our life that is outside the Holy Spirit's ability to heal us, speak the truth to us. Third point, pray for yourself. Because when I I kind of was thinking about this, I thought it seems so obvious that you need to get the good seed seed into the soil. But obviously it's not as easy as we think. Um, and I've got a great reference. This is Romans again. I'm, I'm sure, which, which one am I going to go for? Praying for yourself, link to the mind. Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is a spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we need to pray that the Holy Spirit will renew our minds. Because if we do that, then we will be able to receive the word and we will be able to grow in our spiritual understanding. Fourth point is we need to pray for others. Ephesians chapter one verse seventeen says this: "I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know Him better." That's what we need to pray for each other and for the church wider, so that. we all grow in our wisdom and revelation. I mean, this this moment of revelation in this painting, you know, incredible. You just, you kind of think, what must it have been like to have suddenly, that moment, realised that the guy that you thought was kind of dead and buried was sitting with you and had been with you for a while? Um, and sometimes... When the word of God is revealed to us, it's as dramatic as that, isn't it? Uh, you know, what Liz shared, something that's been with her. God kind of identified it, didn't he? he said, like we need to deal with this. And that's that's the wonderful thing about how, how God's word works. And obviously we've got this kind of word and we've got the spoke, you know, we've got the spoken word, haven't we? Um, So those things need to be going on. We, we need not just to kind of get complacent and think, oh yeah, I'm sitting there listening. We need to pray for understanding. Every time we read the Bible, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to us, bring revelation about in our lives, you know, things that need sorting out, um, those kind of things. And we need to not get sloppy and just assume that that's going in. Uh, We need to kind of be actively engaged in it. And then I just want to finish, really, with a a comment about the crop. Because I really believe, in looking at that parable, if the word is in the soil, I looked at it and I thought, oh, how do we make the good soil good? Now, on one level, there's just an assumption in the parables that the good soil is the soil where it's understood, accepted... And retained. It's not like, you know, oh, I've got to be good soil, I've got to be good soil. It's about asking God to help me understand the word, accept the word, retain the word. And if I do those things, I will have good soil in my life, and there will be a crop, there'll be a harvest. So then I wondered, um, oh, I wonder what kind of crop this is. When you look at the parable of the sower, Each one of them are prefaced a few verses earlier about the secrets of the Kingdom of God. I thought, this is quite exciting. We're in this Kingdom of God series. So, there's something about the Kingdom of God and the Word and the crop. And I thought, well, maybe that means that as we um, understand and accept and retain the Word... We will be reproducing more of the kingdom of God in our lives. That would be pretty good. Um, and I've got a couple of references here. And I think, but I think it's got to be more than just. Well, someone will probably challenge me when I say more than just the kingdom of God. I, I don't really mean that. How it sounds. Um, but we talk about growing, about the kingdom of God growing in us, don't we? I think this also. Um, is about other kinds of growth. Colossians 1 verse 10 says, we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. I thought, that's pretty good. I'd be happy to sign up for that kind of crop in my life. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And then I looked up some harvest references. And of course, Jesus says, doesn't he, one of the things about, um, he says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So I'm sure some of this crop has got to be us reproducing ourselves and making disciples of other people. So not just a, a crop of good fruit in our lives, a crop where we replicate and make disciples of other people. And then I've, there's, there's 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10, uh, now he su- who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Galatians 6 verse 9, let's not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Hebrews 12, verse 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And James chapter 3, verse 18 says, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So I suppose what I'm saying is, let's make sure that we are putting ourselves in the best place to receive the Word of God to us. And that when we hear that Word of God, we try and understand it, and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us with understanding. We accept it. You know, last week, or was it the week before, um, Tim sat, bought, you bought a song, about the Lord was saying something to us and I almost could have sang a song back saying Lord we accept, we hear your word and we accept your word because sometimes you you have to go through that affirmation don't you, you do have to say I accept this, that's a choice that we have which we're engaging our faith the words that we hear that people speak to us when they say this is from God we have a choice whether to accept it or not and it's very important if, that w- if we know that we've heard the word of God we accept it we also have to use discernment, we don't just accept everything willy nilly we have to use discernment but when we know and we think this is the word of God to me I need to accept it um, and obviously we need to keep it, we need to keep that word in us and remind ourselves of it. Now if we can go through that kind of keeping ourselves, our brain and our attitude fit shall we say, then that means the word of God come into our lives and it can reproduce. And it may be that it will be about reproducing excellent character. It may be that it will be about the Holy Spirit reproducing gifts of the Spirit. It may be that we reproduce other people, disciples, who want to share in the knowledge that we have and become Christians. So I think it's really important that we make sure that that word can get into us. And I thought a good way to finish would be that uh, we use Ephesians 1 verse 17 and we pray that for our neighbour sitting next to us. Yes, I mean, you could go down the road and pray for your (laughs) neighbour, but the person sitting next to you, just pray pray for each other that, that Jesus and the glory... So we can just pray. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So just pray that for the person sitting next to you. Father, we pray that in all that we do, that Lord, there would be a harvest of righteousness, of peace. Lord, there'd be a harvest of good character, And the Lord, there will be a harvest of disciples that want to follow after you. Lord, we ask for your blessing. Ask for your ongoing work of your Holy Spirit in our lives. And we thank you for your goodness. Amen.